name is Heidi Jensen-Harris and I'm an IBD clinical nurse consultant practicing in Queensland. In our fifth episode of Poonay series, GP Paresh Dorda and gastroenterologist and senior researcher Dr Emma Flanagan will discuss multidisciplinary team-based care for professionals working with people to manage their IBD. Paresh and Emma Flanagan will look at how taking a person-centred approach can do this. They will also look at care planning, care coordination and case management for people with complex needs. Enjoy learning and picking up the phone to connect with others in the care team. I'm Paresh, I'm a GP based in Canberra, as well as doing clinical work. I do a fair bit of academic work and I have adjunct affiliations with the University of Canberra and UNSW. Also spend a fair bit of time as an advisor working at the New South Wales Agency for Clinical Innovation around models of care and New South Wales eHealth around use of technology in healthcare, really. I'm the editor-in-chief of BMJ's Integrated Healthcare Journal, um, also manager practice in Canberra. Delighted to be here, really looking forward to it. Hi, everyone. Um, My name's Emma Flanagan. I'm a gastroenterologist at St Vincent's Hospital in Melbourne, where I run the inflammatory bowel disease and pregnancy clinic and also work in the general inflammatory bowel disease clinic and part of the IBD service performing intestinal ultrasound. And yeah, pregnancy is a big area of interest for me because that's what I um, was lucky enough to do my PhD in and, and we run sort of ongoing research in that area. So I think it's great that we're focusing on, you know, all the ages and stages um, of patients with inflammatory bowel disease. Thanks, Emma. When we think about the GP and consider what, what our roles, I think this is looking at that individual patient journey, you know, what the care pathway is, you know, the transitions of care between different providers in, in that care pathway and ensuring high quality communications happening uh, across that care pathway. I think there's an element around shared goal setting and shared care planning. So you know, well, what's important to the patient and sometimes the, their family and carers as well. And then how are those goals and what's important to them? How are those needs best met um, and translated into a shared care plan? And that needs to be an inclusive process as that includes that, that core team that's looking after that patient. What we'll now do is look at our first case study, Emma. She's 28 years old. She's recently married and she's considering starting a family. So we'll be considering Emma's fertility needs. And I'll invite Emma to take us through this. Thanks, Emma. Thanks, Paresh. So now hearing about what Emma's up to, she had an acute flare of her disease two months before her wedding, requiring admission to hospital. And this necessitated the development of new goals of care for her, a shared care plan and also some medication changes. It was a high stress time for her. She's heard that it can be challenging to conceive due to her ulcerative colitis, which is causing her some anxiety. A psychological screening has been performed and she's been referred to a psychologist. So her current blood-based investigations show that her liver function tests are normal, uh, her haemoglobin ferritin are normal, uh, as is her CRP, and her Fecal calprotectin to measure inflammation in the bowel is also normal at 35. 
So what are some of the factors that GPs should be aware of? If there's been a history of infertility or if a patient has been uh, trying to conceive for six months, then we recommend referral to a fertility specialist. Um, It's important to be aware that there can be a higher risk in the general population of perinatal and postnatal depression. And it's also important to be aware that patients can flare in the postpartum period. So it's a time that requires close monitoring, dedicated discussion in relation to medications um, surrounding pregnancy. So often there's involvement of multiple specialists. This should definitely include proactive care through a specialist obstetrician, as well as the treating gastroenterologist. Patients may need referral to peri or postnatal support services such as psychologists or even uh, psychiatrists. And it's good to be aware of that increased risk of perinatal depression and anxiety in the, the IBD patient cohort. And additional allied health support may be necessary, for example, with dietitians. What are some of the factors regarding multidisciplinary team-based care that GPs should be aware of for IBD patients in pregnancy? So in pregnancy, the core team extends to include specialist care and allied health team members, often an obstetrician, sometimes a maternal fetal medicine specialist and allied health specialists such as dietitians or a psychologist. And all members of the team ideally retain relational continuity. Um, We certainly try to advocate for uh, uh, good communication between all members of the, the team and a shared care plan for the patient during her pregnancy In terms of IBD, the STRIDE model um, provides a treat-to-target framework where we aim for normalisation of uh, markers such as calprotectin, and that is something that we strive for generally in the management of inflammatory bowel disease. And in pregnancy, we also try to achieve disease remission as much as possible in order to uh, optimise pregnancy outcomes. So often there's care coordination required and and sometimes even a case conference, including the gastroenterologist and the obstetrician and the GP and perhaps IBD nurses and midwives and certainly close communication and and regular communication between the um, treating gastroenterologist and and other members of the treating team is really important um, so that everyone's aware of the, the treatment plan for a patient's IBD in pregnancy. So, Paresh, what would you like to add there? I think, you know, you'd agree the importance of communication between all members of the the treating team is is really paramount in the treatment of patients with IBD and in particular relating to pregnancy. Yeah, look, Emma, that's really useful. Um, I mean, one of the things that really came out for me is, you know, around the the medications and their iatrogenic um, effects. And so hearing you talk about that was really useful. Now, one of the things from from so from a GP's perspective, you know, as a GP, we might not have that many patients we look after with inflammatory bowel disease altogether, and then to have one with pregnancy and inflammatory bowel disease, you know, may only occur every so often. It might be once every three years. So, I think for GPs keeping on top of some of the changes and their impact in pregnancy can be difficult. So having that ease of access, connected care with the gastroenterologist, obstetric team, I think is really, really useful. What's your experience then of how that bears out in practice? One of the things, I guess, within coordinated 
care clinic, like particularly in the public hospital, there's often that multidisciplinary team that comes together. But sometimes, you know, women may be seeing people privately, they might be seeing their obstetrician privately, they might be seeing their gastro privately, then they're seeing their, their GP. What's your experience of how that sort of connection happens and that coordination happens? Yeah, so I think that's where we're really lucky with our clinic because it's a it's a dedicated clinic for patients who have inflammatory bowel disease who are either pregnant or, or considering pregnancy. And so I, I see a lot of women then in, in this cohort. I have the benefit of, yeah, knowing what the recommendations are for certain medications. And I think a big part of our clinic is the the letters and, and sometimes phone calls to other members of the treating team, particularly when there's been confusion, for example, about a medication. To highlight, if, if a GP or, or a patient has any questions or concerns about the medication that they're on in relation to pregnancy, it's important to clarify that with their treating gastroenterologist as promptly as as possible. But yeah, generally we we continue them through pregnancy because of the benefit of controlling inflammatory bowel disease. And certainly we have that detailed discussion with patients and those medications are still continued in pregnancy. That's great. Thanks, Summers. It sounds very much like, you know, one of those areas around importance of education, shared decision-making. And I think, you know, what what I'm hearing is where it can be done in a planned way, you know, even before a pregnancy is at the preconception stage, that's really where we want to be. And that that creates a bit of a shared care plan with which the whole team can work together. So thank you. Yeah, that's really good. We're going to talk about Daniel. Daniel's 12 years old. He's about to start high school. He really struggled in years five and six because of health issues. He's had a lot of time off school, and he's recently been diagnosed with Crohn's disease. He lives in a small rural town. The GP often plays a central role. I like to emphasize the, the trusted relationship here, because that's often so critical in people with long-term conditions for both relational continuity, but also information and management continuity. Thanks, Paresh. So... Daniel is now experiencing uh, severe bouts of debilitating pain and unfortunately is becoming increasingly absent from his classes. He's having multiple encounters with his teachers who are not aware of his condition or, or how to best support him. And his parents suspect that some teachers see Daniel as disruptive. Um, his classmates also aren't aware of his condition and they appear to be growing increasingly frustrated with him and and somewhat intolerant to his condition. Daniel doesn't eat while he's at school and he stays away from other children on the sports field and the recreational area. And his confidence and self-esteem have subsequently hit rock bottom, really, and he, he continues to withdraw. And he's he's having some high levels of anxiety and, and even now started to think about uh, self-harming. Understanding the pros and cons of the public and private sectors, uh, being aware that some specialists will automatically transfer the patient across developmental stages, but at other times patients will see a paediatrician and then an adult physician. And transitional support and care coordination is very important if there's a move between public and private care. Allied health providers that are trained in both inflammatory bowel disease and age-appropriate care are very important during this stage. Public health network, inflammatory bowel disease and paediatric health pathways important to be aware of. So what are some of the factors regarding referral and triage that a GP should be aware of? So educating the child as well as the parent in order to encourage adherence can be important. 
with the therapies often being dietary therapies, then access to a dietitian in this patient cohort is very important. With all of the other psychosocial issues, then access to peer support services is also um, very important. So what are some of the factors regarding multidisciplinary team-based care that uh, a GP should be aware of? So the treating gastroenterologist may take the lead in the management and care. And as mentioned with adult patients with inflammatory bowel disease, the STRIDE uh, goals of care are used to aim to treat to targets in inflammatory bowel disease, such as normalisation of calprotectin. It'll be important for the GP to clarify who they need to contact and, and why and, and how to do that. It's also important to empower the patient, the, the child or the young person, to make informed choices as they grow older. And as you would know, the patient's families often need support um, in developing a school health plan and monitoring for school absences is important and and trying to best support the student to attend school as much as possible or have their learning available. This young patient cohort uh, is a group that can often get lost in the system, for example, in the transition between paediatric and adult care. And the GP is really vital here in terms of care coordination and a supported handover of care. Um, I'd like to highlight that Public IBD services have a, an IBD helpline and that can promote um, a supportive web of care. And I'd suggest seeking advice and GPs and, and patients can access IBD nurses and they really are a wealth of knowledge and support, particularly during times like this where patients might be transitioning from paediatric to adult care. Today we've talked about Emma and Daniel. And when we look at their, their care needs, you know, the specific elements of managing the inflammatory bowel disease. We've looked at the comprehensive care needs of children and younger people with inflammatory bowel disease and the importance of the healthcare neighbourhood, the connectedness, the joint-upness um, that's required in provision of care for the, this younger group of people. Finally, think about you and your team and how you can overcome some of the challenges that present to us in multidisciplinary team-based care for people with inflammatory bowel disease. How can you and your practice improve care coordination for patients with inflammatory bowel disease? Thank you. This podcast series is produced by AgPAL as part of a consortium with Crohn's and Colitis Australia and the Gastroenterological Society of Australia as part of an Australian government grant. In our next episode of Poo and A, Paresh and Eva will discuss managing patients with complex needs at differing ages and stages, and they'll zoom in on people who are considering pregnancy and older people living with IBD. For more resources, including a suite of e-learning modules and live e-workshops, head to the Crohn's and Colitis Australia GutSmart website. Follow the link in the podcast description. We support GPs in diagnosing and treating IBD and assist patients to get the support they need from a gastroenterologist to live their best lives with the significant lifelong condition. If you like this podcast, please help us by leaving a five-star review and sharing the podcast with other healthcare professionals. Smell you later.